Hello and welcome to the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. This podcast is all about helping you grow your business using the internet. My name is Tim Cameron Kitchen. I host the show and I'm best-selling digital marketing author and head ninja at Exposure Ninja, which is a marketing company based in the UK. In this episode, I'm joined by Moran Poba. Again, we had him on in the last episode to talk about acquisitions. And on this episode, he's here to talk about how to promote an app because Moran actually owns an app, which uh, he managed to get into top 100 free and paid across the world. So we talk about the process that he used to, I was gonna say build the app. He actually didn't build it. He doesn't build, he doesn't design, he doesn't code. He doesn't even do the marketing. All he does is the hire, hire the people that do these, which is a very time efficient way and that's a story in and of itself. Um, but he's gonna talk us through the process that he went through to first acquire the app. He spotted that there was an opportunity in the market. He acquired the app, put the marketing in place, and as a result, the app did really well and they had a multiple different income streams, which he talks us through as well. So really fascinating episode. If you have an app or you're thinking of getting an app or you're just curious to find out how someone would build an app and get it ranked in the app store, then this episode will be really interesting. And while I've got your attention, I just want to mention the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Mastermind group on Facebook. This is a completely free group and it's a place where you can go if you have any questions about your digital marketing, you want to get some feedback on a landing page that you've built, you're not sure what your call to action should be, you've got a question about SEO or pay-per-click, a great group full of really switched on marketers. So you can find it by searching on Facebook for Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Mastermind. Just request to join, we'll approve you and you'll get access to the group. Anyway, without further ado, enjoy the show. So Moran, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. I'm excited again. So in the previous episode, we were talking about acquisitions. Um, but in this episode, we're going to be talking about apps and how to promote and market apps. You've done something pretty cool with the iTips app. Perhaps you could give us a bit of a background onto that whole story and uh, what you did with it. Yeah, sure. So in a nutshell, I bought a pretty bad app company. I bought it, re renewed everything, hired designers, developers, marketers. And then we, we just grew it like crazy. I mean, the app in, in its peak was in the top 100 apps in, in the overall app store in more than 100 countries. And we had a free version and a paid version. So we were both top 100 in both paid and free apps. So that was incredible. But um, yeah, long, long story, long story. I'm, I'm happy to, to dive in as much as you want on it. Yeah, awesome. And, and maybe you could just give us a bit of a background on the app and what it actually does. Yeah, of course. So pretty straightforward. The app basically is giving tips to people on how to use their app productively. And if you have iPhone right now, iPhone or Apple got their own default version to the app. Basically, as soon as you, you buy an iPhone, you have that very similar app that's basically just giving you screenshots on how to use your iPhone, what kind of buttons you can click to just be more productive. So we just had something like that. And yeah, that's it was pretty, pretty simple, to be honest. Nothing crazy, not like a crazy game or something like that. And what sort of situation was the app in before you came along? Was it functional? Was it in the app store ready for sale? Yeah, so it was in the app store, but it was nowhere uh, in the rankings. Um, and me, I, I just saw the opportunity. The, the way I even got into this app is that I saw a similar app ranking really, really high in their category. And I thought, hey, that, that app looks rubbish. I, I thought I could do better. So 
<laughs> I, I, like literally, I had two options to either just start uh, start it from scratch or just find someone else who already got something similar and just tell him, hey, I, I want to basically take you. So that's what I did. And um, yeah, I think the, the only difference, to be honest, it, it was really, really simple things that we changed in the end of the day because the content was really similar. Like the, the main differences were just, I guess, a better functional app. So just we just had, I guess, better developers. And the design was really, really cool. Just like really simple, really neat. And back then, it was a few years back already. So uh, uh, just by doing marketing, I remember I, I sent paid traffic to the app. And back then, Facebook literally just started the option to, to do uh, basically traffic to, to install apps. And I remember people, some people in my network looked at me like, like I'm crazy sending traffic to apps. And I mean, literally those things, this combine that with like a local, with some SEO uh, on the, uh, on the app website. I think that those were the only differences. I just, I guess I was a bit lucky. I just, I just find the right opportunity and uh, yeah, it's worked really, really well. That's super interesting. So you, you first, you spotted an app that was doing well. You thought that looks rubbish or that is rubbish. And then you thought, I'm going to do better. How did you... Or, or did you run any testing to assess that there was demand or just by purely by the fact that this other app was popular, you knew that there would be some demand there for, for what you were building? Purely by that fact that it ranked high and I had a, a pretty close friend who made a lot of money with very simple apps. I'm talking apps that had like one page with some animation that made good money from ads back then. Like, you know, it's, it's a very, very beginning stage of the app store. So uh, yeah, I just, I just saw, hey, those guys ranking high. They're probably getting tons of downloads. Uh, the app, it's not looking like something crazy. I'm sure we could do something better. Let's, let's give it a try. That's, that's first, this was the attitude pretty much. That's awesome. So you mentioned the design and, and I want to ask you about design because it seems to me like if I was building an app, I'd put so much time into the little thumbnail picture of the app because when you don't have anything else to judge the quality of the app on, surely people really rely on that little thumbnail image. Is that the approach that you took? Um, I'm with you 100%. But if I'm being completely honest, I'm, I'm like, I'm not a designer. I'm not a developer. I do have a background in marketing. But I, I think my skill is to find good people. I think I can sense people really well. And I had great, great, great team with me. And I mean, they were responsible to, to the design. I was like, yeah, that's, that's looking good. That's not looking good. Let's change that. Let's add that. <laughs> But but it's really just I just worked with really really good people and they they made a great 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 work like even the content I mean we, we basically just took content from other similar apps and just literally re-edited it like as you can hear English is not my first language it's not like I created the content or anything like that I just had really good people who did that work yeah I guess it made us look unique. This will be very useful to people who are listening, who are thinking, oh, I could never design an app or I could never <laughs> build an app because you are the owner of a best-selling app and you confess you don't do content, you don't do design, Nothing. do you do coding? <laughs> Nothing. You just Nothing. find the people. Yeah, I, find, I, think, I think at least personally my skill is I'm, I'm really good at executing. I really, really believe in the fact that you can't read yourself onto success, if, if that makes sense. You, you see what I mean? You, can, you can't read 100 books and, and get results from that. Although, don't get me wrong, I'm probably a, a more knowledge, uh, I'm probably reading more books, taking more seminars, more courses than anyone that I know personally. But I know that reading 100 books about, I don't know, driving a car won't get you there or about losing weight or about swimming. You, you got to actually go out there and do that. So 
And most people out there, and uh, I'm sad to see that they, they feel productive by just learning. And again, it's, it's fun. Don't get me wrong. It's fun to learn. It's great to be a person with, with knowledge. Uh, but in the end of the day, if you want the actual results, you just got to execute. Um, and, and it's crucial. And I think that's something that differentiates me than many, many people that I see around me. They just, they, they just, I don't know, afraid to take action or afraid to fail. And it sounds like a mumbo jumbo self-development stuff, but I think it's, it's so crucial. No, I, I completely agree. We actually notice it with, um, with some of our web development clients. They're, they're much more inclined to continue the development process and go for another round of changes rather than launch or rather than you know, put it out to the world to test because they're scared of getting real world feedback. And I guess it's a, it's a fear of failure. It might be a similar thing with you know, the people who are obsessed by reading every single book and listening to every single podcast they possibly can. It feels productive, like you say, but they're doing it in a very safe way without having to put themselves out there and risk the failure. But obviously the downside is that they're not actually doing anything. Exactly, exactly. And it's funny, like the things we're talking about right now, I remember when I was young, I heard those things. It's not like the first time, it's not like I heard these things once and that's all. I heard those things many, many times, but it took me time to, to really understand that. And it's, it, it's so, it, it's crucial. Like most people literally hold themselves back because whatever limiting beliefs, fear, I, I think, and I think Tony Robbins said that and probably many others that success is literally mostly psychology rather than than what you're doing. Because most people, they, literally, the people that I see, they just don't do. They're afraid to do. They have the access to same amount of knowledge that me and you have. They just don't do anything with it. And it just... I just wish someone would hammer that on my head when I was younger, like literally. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it's also about feeling ready. And if you don't feel ready, you don't you don't have the kind of motivation to push yourself to do that, to launch the app or to launch the website or whatever. You just kind of, you get stuck preparing, don't you? And it's very comforting to prepare. Yeah, exactly. It's comforting to prepare. That, that's so true. I mean, it just, and, and I heard mentors saying that to me, but Many times it's just lack of self-esteem, self-confidence. And, and again, it sounds like rubbish, but I, I really, really believe in that every day that goes by, I, I truly understand how crucial, kind of like your, your inner, inner world to the results outside that you see. So it's all about action. So going back to the app and, and the action that you took once that app was built and once you had the improved version made, from there you have you know, the same that most other people have, they have an app which is ready to do something. And the success and failure is still very much in the balance, isn't it? It's not just about the best app wins. So how did you begin to promote it? What were some of the promotion strategies you used to get some attention for the app? Yeah, so everything that I could in a nutshell. So everything from, so we started with just, so, so I'll just say one thing that, so because I know I'll forget to talk about it. We were really, 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 really lucky because I remember reading about new iOS version coming out very, very soon. So when I read that, I basically went to the App Store and I changed all the, you call that ASO, or it's like the, the, the SEO, the, the on-site SEO of the App Store back then. That's what we did at least. So we went there and I knew that the new iOS version is coming out. So I just changed tons of keywords in the app, title, description, keywords, tags, all that stuff. And I mean, back then, it, it was literally like, like Google back in the day where you can just put website with um, content from the Philippines or content in whatever language and, and ranking whatever keywords you want just because you put the right keywords in the title, description, tags, and all that. I think that's the first boost that we got. So we had a new iOS version coming out. 
and we changed all all the the ASO the the SEO on the app to use those keywords based on the the new iOS version. And then it's just so, so that was the first boost. But then I think the main thing, like like I mentioned before, is just sending paid traffic. We used Facebook. We targeted people who had iPhone, and um, yeah, that 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 alone. I mean, those two. Um, traffic sources was was all we needed obviously combine that with a great landing page and conversions and, and obviously we tested things and changed things because the the your page in the app is, is like a landing page right you can always test that as well change different we changed icons a few times which is crucial in the app store so things like icons yours in the app store at least back then I, I really i wasn't involved in that app store in the app store in, in a while actually uh, the, the screenshots were, were those two things were crucial to to your conversion rate. So, and when you had good conversion rates, it's like nowadays on Amazon. Uh, Amazon give you basically extra points if you got good for conversion rates back then from a, a click, basically from someone who's visiting your website to to an install. So all those different things combined that together, I guess, gave us the boost. And probably our competitors just didn't do anything of that. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> so. As you, you mentioned earlier, that that running the Facebook ads, running paid traffic to an app, a lot of your friends or, or you know contacts were a bit confused by, and it might have felt a bit high risk. Did it feel like a high risk thing to you? And were you making money from these ads to the conversions straight away? So again, it was many many years ago. To give you the exact stats of the the ads, I'm, I'm sure we eventually it made us money. Otherwise, we wouldn't run it. But initially, yeah, it was. Was it a risk? I guess you can say yes, but I mean, how much can you really risk on Facebook ads? I mean, how much you pay like a, a dollar a click? So I mean, you can test things with a few hundred bucks or a few thousand bucks, and I mean, that's that's the worst case scenario. You lose a few thousand bucks. So I mean, even if those stats will, will go down, and even till nowadays, I'm testing things all the time, and I, I'm failing a lot. So I mean, there's there's nothing wrong with that. It's just a matter of giving it a try and. Yeah, I mean, it worked. At the same time, it, it couldn't work. At the same time, I probably lost tons of other traffic sources that I didn't even try. I don't know, traffic sources that I didn't even know about it or still don't know about. So, I mean, there's not much to lose, especially in that space. I mean, you can test things for probably a few hundred bucks nowadays and see if you got potential or not. Did you have any sort of back end in the app? Did you ever try and get people out of the app into a Facebook group or to get their email list, email address or anything? So we didn't have those things. And probably looking back, I mean, that's probably a big mistake. But um, <laughs> um, we had obviously upsells in the app. So we had like in-app purchases and we had a free version, paid version. So whenever, obviously someone, we, we had tons of promotions from the free version to the paid version. Uh, we had tons of uh, advertising on our apps. So we made money from different ways. We had uh, upgraded content. So we use whatever we can, obviously, yeah, using, building things like Facebook groups. I don't think there was even, I'm not even sure we even had Facebook groups back then, to be honest. <laughs> but, but yeah, those are some of the things we did. Are you tempted to go back into the app world? Um, I'm not tempted. I think it's um, it's a good question. I mean, if I'll have a good opportunity, I, I never want to say no, but um, I think it just... I'm just looking at the companies that dominate the app store nowadays. I mean, especially games. I mean, and I, I'm from I'm from Tel Aviv, from Israel, and I have a few colleagues here who got some of those companies. It just, uh, it just a lot, a lot of. I don't want to say you need to be a genius, but like I see some of the games out there. I mean, the the level of thinking that goes into those things. Just know something seriously. I, I just don't think I'm that smart to create something like that. To be completely honest, yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I guess I guess games, and as soon as it starts becoming like a multi-million or even billion-dollar yeah. industry, then particularly the games market gets sewn up quite quickly. But a lot of people are looking into things like utilities and to-do lists and that sort of thing as well, aren't they? That seems to be one of the um, one of the startup areas that people tend to focus on. I think the upworld is great, but I wouldn't build a company um, that is solely related uh, or dependent, sorry, on the App Store. If I had a company that obviously we, we have a business model and all that, and having an app is one of them, that, then it's great. But just personally, I had I had a few businesses failing down by being too much dependent on on one source, like like uh, Apple or Google, and I just don't like that. Like like you mentioned. You want to have a legit business that got a legit list of clients and 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 followers that will get back to you, that will work with you no matter where you are. So even if you have an app and the app for whatever reason goes down, you have different sources of of going to that that crowd. If that makes sense. Are you saying that get rich quick in the app store is not legit? No, <laughs> <laughs> nope, not at all. <laughs> Damn, I was going to build an app which is how to get rich using apps. <laughs> Yep. Moran, where can people find more about you and follow you on social media? Yeah, just um, I've got all those things. Uh, just search me, Moran Poubert. And feel free to email me if you've got questions. It's uh, Moran, M-O-R-A-N, at ABBassets.com. Awesome. Thank you so much, Moran, for joining us. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah.